Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast with Pastor Joseph Gibson at Cranberry Community Church. We hope God speaks to your heart through today's message. Uh, last week we began a new series. We call, uh, we're calling it Upside Down Kingdom. Uh, as we said last week, the kingdom of God, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek it above all else. And we sometimes refer to it as an upside down kingdom because the Bible says it's a kingdom where the least is the greatest, where it's better to give than to receive. Faith trumps sight, where leaders are servants, enemies are loved, and humility is exalted. And we looked last week more in detail. There is a characteristic in our culture that the world says stay away from this. It's uh, the characteristic of desperation. Never find yourself in desperate need. But Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount said, uh, those who are poor in spirit are blessed. Those who recognize that we are in desperate need. Uh, uh, not because we want to say shame on us for being in desperate need, but it makes us more appreciative of the fact that that need has been met in Christ. Uh, so we looked at how that is a blessed characteristic in the kingdom of God. Uh, and also at uh, blind Bartimaeus and how he cried out in desperation, how God uh, responds to those who cry out in desperation. And we're going to continue today looking at another characteristic that we have been called to live by in this upside down kingdom, not just to incorporate it into our lives here and there, but the Bible says that we live by it. It's a characteristic we'll get to in a moment uh, that runs completely counter to the world that we live in. And when Paul gives us this instruction, he leaves no room for interpretation. He just spells it right out. He just lays it out plainly. And can I tell you, uh, as a guy, it's nice when things are just laid out plainly. <laughs> it's nice when you don't have to read any hints and, and you don't have to read the clues, but it's just spelled out for you. And ladies, sometimes men think, need things uh, spelled out for them. Now, you get really quiet you'll hear an amen coming from the kids' room. That would be my wife. But uh, uh, there's a good friend of mine, he told a story once, uh, told me that he was never very good at reading his wife's clues and her hints. She got tired of laying the hints, so she just started telling him what she wants. She would say, you know, you haven't bought me flowers in a while. I think you need to go out and buy me flowers. And he actually loved it because he never got it wrong anymore. He just knew. <laughs> what she wanted. And I told that story when we were meeting uh, out in the mall and there was a lady in the church that heard it and she was inspired. Uh, I don't know if she was inspired by anything else I said, but that inspired her. And she told me the next Sunday, she said, Pastor, I went home. I went straight to my husband and I said, you have not bought me flowers in a while. I would like for you to go buy me flowers. She said he got up the next day. He went out and he came back a little while later. He was not empty handed. He had gone out and bought a brand new pickup truck. <laughs> and I said, uh, I don't know what to tell you because uh, it's lost in translation somewhere. Anyways, Paul makes a, a statement concerning, that's a true story, by the way. Paul, Paul uh, makes a statement concerning the kingdom of God where there is no room for interpretation. He just lays it out for us, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. He says this, we live by faith and not by sight. In the kingdom of God, we live by faith and not by sight. Now, we live in a world today where the opposite of that is true. Uh, we live in a world where seeing is believing. And if I don't see it, I don't believe it. And I'm not going to believe it 
until I see it. But Paul says, in this upside-down kingdom of God, we actually live by what we do not see. We live by faith instead of the things that we see. He actually goes on to say that we fix our eyes on what is not seen. It kind of doesn't even make sense, but he says what we can't see is what we fix ourselves on. Uh, now, occasionally, if you've been here for any amount of time, you know that I like to occasionally go into the original languages of Scripture, and believe it or not, I try to be very uh, sparing with this, and I, and I try to be very selective when I go into Greek and Hebrew on Sunday mornings because I know you can just get bogged down in it. Uh, but what Paul says here in this passage, that we live by faith, there's actually so much... Uh, in the original language that we're going to go into it for just a moment. Now, your Bible, depending on the translation, either says probably we live by faith or we walk by faith. Now, the Bible is written in languages, uh, mostly Greek and Hebrew, where a single word will have layers of meaning to it. It'll have multiple meanings in a single word. And the problem is when we brought that over to the English language, we had to kind of boil it down to the closest English word. So what happens in the process of translation, we even did a series a while back called Lost in Translation. What happens is we sometimes lose some of what the author was writing when we bring it over to our language. So I want to look, I want to deconstruct it for a moment at what Paul was saying in the original language uh, when he says that we live or we walk. Uh, you can put it on the screen, uh, Greg. Uh, it's a word that's pronounced peripateo. Uh, and right away, we're going to see that it has multiple layers of meaning. Go ahead to, to the uh, definition. The word means to regulate one's life or to conduct oneself. So in this single word that Paul uses, he, he speaks to a way that faith expresses itself in us and a way that we express our faith externally. And how so? We're going to look at that. Paul said first, he said, we regulate our lives in accordance with faith. We regulate our lives not based on what we see, but we regulate our lives based on faith. What does that mean? To regulate means to set or determine and maintain. So there's a thermostat in the back of the room. It determines the temperature and then it maintains that temperature. Your car has cruise control. It should have cruise control. What does that mean? It regulates your speed. It sets it and it determines it and then it maintains that speed. So what Paul is saying is that our lives, we regulate them, we set and maintain our life based on faith. And what part of life exactly? Every part of our life, what does that mean? Let me ask you this. What about the amount of joy in your life? What regulates your joy? What determines the amount of joy you have? What maintains the amount of joy you have? What about peace? What determines your peace? What regulates your peace? What maintains that peace? Because if it's in the news, you're in trouble. If it's in the stock market, you're in trouble. But Paul said, every component of our life is actually regulated on the basis of faith. You can look at uh, your confidence in life, your attitude, your demeanor, even your emotions in life can be regulated on the basis of faith. And I want to go ahead and say that I am fully aware that this message is much easier to preach than to practice. But what we find in these attitudes of the kingdom of God is most of them are easier 
to preach than to practice. That doesn't make us any less called to them. Because Paul said in this upside-down kingdom, it is possible, not easy, but possible for our lives to no longer be regulated by what we can see, by our external present circumstances, but instead on the basis of faith. Now, this is hugely important for so many reasons. One, because if you look outside of these doors, the world is just up and down and up and down, mostly down these days. And we all have situations in our life that are going to attack your peace and, and going to try to bring anxiety and fear and worry into your life. But beyond that, the atmosphere that Paul is speaking to is a church that is being prosecuted, or not prosecuted, persecuted. A church that is being slandered and hated and persecuted. Jesus said the world hated him and the world would hate his followers. Now, I don't have to tell you the church is on a fast track to persecution like I never thought was possible. So here's my question for you. If and when you are hated and slandered and persecuted just because of your faith, if your peace in life is regulated by external circumstances, what you can see, if our peace is regulated by that, we are in trouble. But Paul said if we can grasp something here, that we can regulate every component of our life based on faith and not on sight, we have solid ground that cannot be shaken. Now again, this may be easier preached than practiced, but what we find in the, the life of Paul is that it's not impossible. It's not impossible because this same Paul, the man who said, live your life based on faith, regulate your life based on faith. This same man is the man who wrote and said, hey, uh, I was frequently in prison, frequently flogged, exposed to death again and again, five times received 39 lashes, once pelted with stones, three times shipwrecked, once spent a night and day floating helplessly in the open sea, constantly in danger, often tired, hungry, thirsty, cold, and naked. Now, if Paul's life were regulated by external circumstances, by what he can see, Paul would have quit the ministry after his first stint in prison. But Paul was convinced that external circumstances of life do not have the power or the authority to alter what is true in the spirit. Paul recognized that Satan can throw every weapon in his arsenal his way. But nothing could alter the already accomplished work of Christ on the cross. Whatever came at him, nothing could change the grace of God in Christ for him. Nothing could alter the salvation of Christ, the forgiveness of God, the love of God found in Christ Jesus. And I want to repeat this because Paul had issues. Paul ran into to everything the world could throw at him. But he said, these, these problems coming my way, I will not be defined by them. I will be defined by the love of God. This is what it means to regulate our lives based on faith. There are present external circumstances we all face. And there are true unchanging spiritual realities. Which one are we going to focus on? Because Paul said this, after everything he'd been through, he said, I'm convinced that life or death or demons or, or whatever you want to throw at me will not separate me from the love of Christ. 
Paul was anchored in that truth. And it's the reason that he wrote to, to the Ephesian church. And he said, my prayer for you is that you would be rooted and established, immovable in the love of God. He didn't write it because it sounded poetic. He write it because this sustained him through every storm. This firm belief that no matter what my life looks like, I know that God loves me. I know these spiritual truths. I don't know if you've ever seen the videos of a palm tree in a hurricane. You know, this storm will come over and, and uh, sometimes palm trees will be like horizontal. They'll just be blown over so much but they can't be ripped out of the ground. Why? Because of their root system. They are so rooted, it doesn't matter the storm that comes. That's why Paul says, I pray that you would be rooted in the love of God. So when, when Satan throws at you everything in his, op, uh, in his arsenal, you can respond and, and say, I don't regulate my life based on my circumstances. I regulate my peace based on the, the truth of the word of God. I walk by faith and not by sight. I lost my place. You guys let me lose my place. <laughs> now to the naked eye, you know, in the court of law, you'll find cases sometimes where uh, they can't really prove a matter, so what they will do is, is they'll bring circumstantial evidence, they call it. And they'll say, you know, there, there's... I don't have proof, but all of the circumstances are telling me that you did it. Actually, this isn't in my notes, but you'll find it funny. So we had kind of a, a family Thanksgiving this week, and uh, um, uh, Emily had set out stuffing. And I guess you're supposed to kind of let the bread just sit for a few days. I don't know how it works. <laughs> but this container of bread kept getting smaller and smaller. And, we don't know where, and then I came inside yesterday, and Haley is in the high chair, and she's yelling, JR took that! JR took that! And I look, and he's, he's sitting on the couch chewing. And I said, spit it in my hand. And I said, how much of that have you eaten? And he says, that was the first piece. The problem is, there is so much circumstantial evidence that says you had a lot more than one piece. The circumstances tell me something else. Do you know if you look at the circumstances of Paul's life from the outside, it tells me, does God love him? You're telling me that God loves that guy? The one in prison. The one that's floating in the middle of the sea that's not sure if he's ever going to come out of it. The one that's shipwrecked right now. The one that is cold and tired and hungry and thirsty and naked. That guy. You're telling me based on those circumstances that God loves him. Yet this same Paul said, I'm convinced of his love. He said, that my, my belief in the love of God has nothing to do with circumstances. Paul tells us that he was often in need. Yet he also tells us a few verses later that God supplies every need. Paul tells us that uh, we should rejoice in every circumstance. Now, I want to specify. Paul doesn't say to give thanks for every circumstance. He says to give thanks in every circumstance. Because no matter what we face in the physical, 
no matter what we face in the, the, the physical, there are spiritual truths that remain unshaken. That's a pretty lady right there. I know. <laughs> she told me to say that. She said, you haven't said this in a while. You say it. <laughs> Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he said, uh, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. First of all, I love that he just says these are light and momentary troubles. The guy that's in prison and being beaten and flogged, that's light and momentary. And then he says in verse 18, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. In other words, what Paul was saying is I live by faith and not by sight. Paul had an outlook, and in fact, uh, Greg, I, I have this, if you want to put it on the screen, just uh, first point. Paul had an outlook that was not defined by momentary external circumstances that we find in this world, but instead by the unchanging spiritual realities that we find in Christ. That's what it means to live by faith. That we focus at, as Christians on the unchanging spiritual realities of Jesus Christ. Some of us are going through some tough times at work. The good news is that can't put a body back in the grave. Some of us are going through some challenging times, and they are challenging. I'm not, I'm not here to, to belittle any of that. But what Paul says is we have an opportunity as believers to regulate our peace and our joy, not on the basis of what we can see around us, but on the basis of our faith. And there are days when it's going to feel like Satan is coming at you with everything you have, with situations in this life that demand you respond with anxiety and with fear and worry. But if your life is regulated by faith, you can have a peace that's unshaken, a joy that's not regulated by circumstances. You can live by faith and not by sight. Now, I want to take you for a moment to something that Jesus said about faith, and we're going to bring it right back to Paul. Uh, in Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 22, Jesus said, Have faith in God. And Jesus answered, Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, Go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Now, faith is something that expresses itself outwardly. In fact, uh, James said that faith without accompanying action and accompanying works, accompanying works is dead faith. But what Jesus reveals to us here, and Greg, I have this as another point, is that before faith becomes an outward expression, it's first an inward decision. Before faith becomes an outward expression, it is first an inward decision. What is that inward decision based on what Jesus just said? I choose to believe. He said, when you ask something, you believe that you have received it. This is very similar to how Hebrews 11 defines faith. Hebrews 11 says that faith is the confidence in what we hope for. Jesus says faith uh, is the belief in what we have asked for. It's believing that you have received it. Now, here's the truth. Faith in this light 
believing that you have received it, it's not always about the miracles. It's not always about the signs and the wonders. And, uh, if you are praying for a miracle, you should believe that you've received it. You should have that degree of faith. But I believe for more people here, this is a word concerning the fundamentals of our faith. Because we talk about the grace of Jesus Christ. How God sent His Son and He came down and He took every nasty part of you to the cross. Every failure of yours to the cross. Every sin and shame and dark area, He dug it out of you and He took it to the cross and He took His righteousness and His holiness and He placed it on your shoulders. Do you believe you have received it? Do you have faith that you have received it? We talk about forgiveness of God and the love of God. Do you believe that you have received it? It's an internal decision before it expresses itself externally. And then there's this. Jesus said he came to set every captive free. And then when he, when he was on the, the earth, he said, uh, who the Son sets free is free indeed. He has brought freedom. Uh, Joe and Silas uh, aren't here today, but they told me a story this week. And I immediately told them, oh, that's a sermon illustration. That's just how my mind works. I'm like, that, I'm going to make it a sermon illustration. Now, they, they showed me this article uh, about a couple of soldiers. And I think they were from World War II uh, who were placed on an island. And they were given the task of basically guard the island. Uh, it's an important place in the war. I'm not sure if there were supplies there. Well, what happened was the war ended and nobody told them. And these two soldiers uh, walked off the island about 20 years after the war ended. And for 20 years, in their mind, they are fighting a battle and have no idea that in truth, the battle's already been won. And I wonder how many of us here have been struggling with a sin for years and years and years, and we are fighting the battle, and we have no idea it was won already for you, church. The battle is over. The question is, do you believe that you have received the victory? That is faith, church. And I look at some of these statements that Paul made. And then I compare, him, compare them to his life. The man who said, I am completely convinced of the love of God. And I think to myself, I bet you that took faith. I, pay, I, I bet you it took faith for a man to be flogged and beaten and imprisoned and then to say, I am convinced of the love of God. You know, the, the Bible says it's okay to be in a place where you're saying, God, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's okay. It's okay if you have to take a step of faith to say, Jesus loves me. Take the step of faith. Believe that you have received his love and his grace. Now, all of this is just the first part of the equation. Because if we go back to that original passage, I live by faith and not by sight. What did I say? There are multiple layers to it. This is just the internal expression working within us, that it regulates our peace and our joy. But then Paul says, and it's how we conduct our lives. So it regulates internally, and it's how we conduct our lives externally. So Paul said, I conduct my life 
on the basis of faith and not what I can see. Not only does it regulate every part of me, it determines my actions. So if you feel in your heart that you're supposed to pray with someone, uh, but you look at them and they just don't look interested, you have a choice to conduct yourself based on faith or based on sight. If you, if you know someone and you feel that you're supposed to share the gospel with them, but they are always cranky and they're always putting people down and they would never receive it, you have a choice. I can conduct myself based on faith or based on what I see. How many times did Paul pray for people who had been to the doctor over and over and over and, and there was no healing there? I shouldn't pray for them. I mean, I, I can see that they're, they haven't been healed. Or I can live by faith and say, I don't, I don't go by what I see. In this upside-down kingdom, I go by my faith. And I know that my God is a healer. Renee, could you come? You guys can stand with me. Paul said the conduct of our lives should be determined by our faith. But I want to ask you, is your life, every component of your life, is it regulated by faith? Your peace and your joy and your hope? Is that determined? Is it set? Is it maintained on the basis of faith? and downs, just like the culture that we walk into when we walk out of this room. And my prayer for you this morning, if I had to choose one, is that you would be rooted and established in the love of God. Of anything that I can tell you this morning, My prayer is just that you would be so rooted and anchored to the love of God that when circumstances hit you this week, and I'm sorry, on a week like this week, they're probably going to hit because I preached about it, you're going to have the option to say, I am rooted in the love of God, or he's going to have to preach better next week because I didn't get anything. As Renee leads us, would you just allow the Spirit to search you this morning? Some of you today need to pray, God, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. Some of you need to take steps of faith and saying, I choose to believe that I have received the grace of God forgiveness of God. I choose to believe that I have been chosen and called by God. I choose to believe He's not done with me yet. Lord, we invite your presence just to continue to work in this place.
help us to fix our eyes on that which is unseen, God. Help us as a church and as individuals to, to walk by faith and not by what we see. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, uh, thank you so much for, for coming today. One real quick announcement. If you want to be in prayer for us next week, Emily and I are going to be on the road uh, to Georgia. So Brian's going to be bringing the word uh, next week, and uh, it's going to be much better than today, right? Okay. <laughs> All right, have a good week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for a new message every single week. And as always, from all of us at Cranberry Community Church, may God bless you.